We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. It is Saturday. Your Saturday crew is mostly here. I am one of your hosts, Jason Perone of the Pack a Day podcast. Game on Wisconsin. And the Quick Slants podcast, along with Paul Brettel of, of course, the Packaday podcast, Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted podcast, Matt Fralick, unavailable this week. So it is Paul and I flying as a duo. Matt is always with us in our hearts. Paul, how was your week? How are we looking? It was good. as the week back after some nice time off for the, for the holidays, so there was that adjustment period, but... We made it to the weekend, and we got another week of Packers football to look forward to. That is correct. One more regular season game, Week 18, an unprecedented 17th regular season game in the NFL for the first time. And off we go. And we got, Paul, we got what we wanted. The wish and the hope was, the goal Mm -hmm. always is, is when your team gets to the last week of the season that they've already got everything wrapped up, they've taken care of everything they need to take care of, and they've got flexibility with how they handle their final game of the season, and that is where the Packers sit right now. But before we get to that, as always, a really quick look around the globe at some of the weather that's happening in light of winter and the winter wonderland that is in Wisconsin, where at least one, probably two, playoff Packers playoff games will take place in Green Bay. So we'll get to you, Paul, but we always have to start as far east as we can. And Martin sent Matt some weather. Martin in Sweden, 14 degrees Fahrenheit, lots of snow. A lot of plowing to do this weekend and some roads that need to be fixed, it sounds like. So, sounds like the game is not going to be on TV on the Swedish broadcast. So, Martin is bummed out. And I guess if there's one thing I can say is, Martin, thank you very much. Happy New Year to you. And at least it's one of those games that doesn't really matter as much. So, it could be it could be worse, right? And that, that's all we have as far as the European contingent, so we come as far east as we can. And that's you, Paul, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I know the Packers aren't playing there this weekend, but how's the weather been this week? Well, you know how everyone talked about how cold it was for last Sunday's game? It's it's colder right now, so maybe a good thing the Packers are 
on the road and in the dome. But yeah, wind chills in the minus 25, minus 30 range for the next few days. So we're 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 just hanging out at home. <laughs> yeah, really, just kind of staying inside and doing the thing there. Absolutely. Well, here in Phoenix, the temperatures ranging everywhere from the low 60s to the high 60s. Uh, we had some low temperatures that dipped into the 30s. Of course, it was the high 30s uh, overnight this week. So I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can. I mean, hey, we're kind of touching like almost freezing temperatures. There have been a couple winters actually in the last 10 years where we got into the like the high 20s. It was like overnight and obviously only for a brief period of time, but it does happen. Paul has this, you guys don't know, Paul has this like very whatever dude, I don't care look on his face right now because, and I would too, I absolutely would too. Oh, it looks like it's going to crack 70 at some point next week too. So thinking of you always, send the warmth as I always do. I always appreciate it. Absolutely. And then wrapping it up as we always do in Kamloops, Canada with our friend Harry. Supposed to be warming up, he says, says, I'll believe it when I see it. And been lucky to get to single digits. The last few weeks have been uh, had several days below zero. and But it looks like this next week they're going to get up to a high of 21, which is like great. You're in the, you're in the positive. And maybe the sun will break through. He, he said that his house still hasn't seen any sunlight in the last couple of weeks because of his, you know, being up north and the exposure and all that kind of stuff. I can't even imagine. Well, could you imagine like no direct sunlight for weeks at a time? Like it, it's it's already hard enough to drive to work in the dark and drive home in the dark yeah. with daylight in between, of course. So yeah. I can't imagine going straight through. Yeah, much love to Harry. As always, thank you for your support all season long. And everybody who sent weather to us, absolutely fantastic. Actually, I do have to, before I go too far, because I know that she's probably jumping up and down and freaking out right now. My good friend Lisa Voigt in Alexandria, Minnesota, sent me some weather as well. They actually have... Uh, they had a minus 27 degree air temperature with a minus 44 wind chill. So we already know we love being in Wisconsin and we'd rather (laughs) be there than Minnesota, but even more so with that shenanigans going on, minus 44. I don't think that the global warming memo did not get to Alexandria, Minnesota. That is insane. Absolutely insane. So they've had some school closures and all that other kind of stuff out there, but um, Lisa's a really good friend of mine. We go way back to high school, big time Packers fans. Her family's still a big supporter. She's a big supporter of us here on the Packaday podcast. So thank you, Lisa. I appreciate you as always. As we always do, Paul, on the Saturday show, it's the injury report, the final one of the regular season, heading into this final game. So, but before we get to that, there was some somewhat interesting news that broke on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> there was a where you were using the term news very that's, loosely. Yeah, very yeah. loosely. Very, very <laughs> loosely. Yeah. There was a report that came out earlier in the day. Boomer Esiason, former Bengals quarterback, nationally known TV analyst now, dropped a little bit of a nugget on us. And Paul, you actually had the soundbite and you were more familiar with it than I was. So I will turn it over to you to kind of explain what it was that came out, and we can very quickly discuss this loosely termed news of the day that came out on Friday about the Green Bay Packers, specifically Aaron Rodgers and the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I don't even know anymore, Jason. <laughs> so Boomer Esiason apparently has a, a source close to Rodgers, I think he said. Sources close to Rodgers. That uh if 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 the Green Bay Packers make it to the Super Bowl, Rodgers is going to push Roger Goodell to alter change the COVID protocols testing 
specifically for unvaccinated players. And if Roger chooses not to oblige with Aaron Rodgers' demands, Rodgers may boycott, sit out the Super Bowl. And best part of Boomer's clip here was supposedly Aaron Rodgers told Jordan Love to be ready just in case. So if you're on Twitter... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Kurt Benker, Jordan Love, they all had a ton of fun with this. Uh, I recommend going back if you missed it and reading through those tweets because obviously, folks, this is not real. And the fact that this was treated as real news, as something that could actually happen, that's why I started with this by saying I just don't even know anymore. Yeah, the the way – I mean – Remember back when all the reports came out about Rodgers being unhappy with the Green Bay Packers, which some of that did turn out to be true, but they, Rappaport and Adam Schefter reported every little nook and cranny, every little nugget that they mm-hmm. got. And some of them, it's like, I know that this was said to you, and I think in some way it's partially true, but it doesn't mean you have to say it into your microphone. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this, is really, this is really outlandish, Paul, and I think you made the point. You know, very, very well. Aaron Rodgers is finally going to potentially make it to a Super Bowl after 10 years, after everything he's been through, the perfect vindication story of this year, after everything that happened in the offseason and everything he went through this season and all of the criticism and the whole arkish garbage that went on this past week. He gets to a Super Bowl and then he's going to sit. Like, no. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> that's... For, Aaron Rodgers does care about his legacy. I mean, he loves playing football. He loves his teammates. I don't care what anybody says. That's my opinion. If you don't agree with it, that's fine. But he's not sitting out a Super Bowl if the Packers get there to make a point over this pandemic. I mean, I think the NFL is, listen, they've at least been fluid with the situation. They changed the guidelines to match CDC guidelines. Not that we want guys pushing to play when they're not healthy. If you have COVID, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous thing out there. But they, they lessen the quarantine time to five days. I mean, the NFL is doing everything they can to try to keep the season whole. When you look at what happened to hockey, and there was some talk, I don't think it'll happen, about does the NBA need to bubble again? I don't think they will. Baseball doesn't matter because apparently they're not going to play games until 2025 right now with the work <laughs> stoppage. So they have a long time to figure out what it is that they're going to do. But I, I don't know. For me, Paul, I really can't complain about the way the NFL's handled this thing. I can't imagine anybody being upset, let alone Aaron Rodgers. He's got way too much to be happy about. He's still in the conversation for most valuable player, another most valuable player award. This would, uh, you know, he would he'd surpass Favre because this would be his fourth, right? Am I doing the math right? This would be his fourth. It yep. would be his fourth one, so he would surpass Favre. And if the Packers make it to a Super Bowl, then he got to as many as Favre does. If they make it and win, he surpasses Favre there as well. There's too much on the table. There's too much on the table. It just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. But we had to at least gloss over it, and so there we did. But turning our attention to the Green Bay Packers, and speaking of meaningful, this game on Sunday is really not that for the Packers. But through all of the press conferences this week, and Paul, you did a good job tweeting it out, covering it on your uh, with your writing because I was following your your work very closely. You were reading the tea leaves, as you like to say, and Matt LaFleur <laughs> made some comments that kind of tipped us off that they were, were going to see some starters play in this game. So it sounds like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams will play at least a little bit. Uh, Rodgers is listed on the injury report. He was a limited participant practice Thursday, Friday. Didn't practice Wednesday, but there's no designation. So he will be available. He will play. David Bakhtiari, limited practice Wednesday. It was the plan for him not to practice on Thursday. And limited on Friday, he's listed as questionable for the first time this season since coming off of the pup list. 
earlier this year. So let's start with that. David Bakhtiari, and then staying on the offensive line too, it sounds like Josh Myers came back to practice. Now he, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, still has to officially be activated off of injured reserve, correct? He has not been activated. That transaction has not taken place yet. Uh, Not officially, but LaFleur did say that he is going to play Sunday. So we will expect to hear that Josh Myers has been added to to the roster. But okay, so there you go right there. So sticking on the offensive line, Paul, we've talked about it all season long. The way that the guys that stepped in have filled in really well, Josh Nyman. Royce Newman, John Runney Jr., Lucas Patrick at center. Now you're getting David Bakhtiari back and potentially Josh Myers. And I don't know if they're going to keep Josh Myers on the sideline and put him on a massive pitch count here. But what a great time to finally get your dudes back. I joked about it. It's not going to happen until the playoffs. It may not happen until the conference championship game. And here we are almost near the playoffs. But I also wanted David Bakhtiari to get some reps. Sounds like he may have a chance to go on Sunday. He may not play. But we have some optimism finally because he's listed as questionable, which means there's a chance. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and this is actually the first time that he's been a full participant in one practice since prior to his injury. So now over a full year. And it's crazy to think of how far we've come with this offensive line and everything they've been to, to going into the Green Bay Packers' first playoff game. They could have four of their five preferred starters out there, minus Elton Jenkins. We don't know where Billy Turner is at. We know that he's back on the field doing individual stuff. Um, You know, we don't know if he'll be back for the playoff game, but obviously Bakhtiari is a full participant, and the fact that he's questionable and could play Sunday 
is a very, very good sign. Even if he's out Sunday, it's a very, very good sign for the playoffs. And then Josh Myers, he's going to be back in the mix and potentially Billy Turner joining Royce Newman, the one offensive lineman who's been the mainstay this entire season. So heading into the playoff game, they could actually have four of their five preferred starters, which, I mean, even a few weeks ago, the thought of that was... I, honestly, it didn't even cross my mind because I didn't even know if it was a realistic possibility at that time. So they're getting healthy at the right time at you know a, a very important part of this football team because I do think that some of the it, issues is the wrong word, but this offense hasn't for the entire season gelled nearly as well as they did in 2020. I mean, they're the top offense in football by points per game. They've certainly been playing better over the last month you know, playing at a very high level. I think they have the most points over the last month out of any team. But I think some of the issues have stemmed from just that uh, movement and uh, lack of continuity at times across the offensive line. So having someone like David Bakhtiari, Billy Turner um, back in the mix is, of course, going to be a very, very good thing. And hopefully, I do hope to see, I'm sure we'll get into it here, here in a little bit, discussing our thoughts on whether how we feel about the starters playing. But I do want to see David Bakhtiari get a few reps at least because we know everything goes up a few notches in the playoffs. And if David Bakhtiari can have some live reps, um, you know, against the Detroit Lions prior to that, obviously I think that's a good thing. And then one other interesting tidbit to watch, I guess, if I had to guess, I would say Josh Myers is going to be the center come the playoffs. But... I don't think it's a clear-cut decision. I think that, and I think Matt LaFleur even mentioned that today as well, because Myers, in terms of upside potential, he's better than Lucas Patrick in that regard. But Lucas Patrick has the veteran experience. He's been playing some of his best football as of late, and we don't know how long Josh Myers is going to play Sunday. Remember, he's a rookie. He only has four games and one drive under his NFL belt. And again, everything's ratcheted up in the playoffs, so... That'll, that's going to be an interesting an, an interesting dynamic to watch and see where they go at the center position, assuming, of course, that Myers is uh, fully healthy, which he appears to be since he's going to be taking the field. Yeah, which is awesome to see. And I think, yeah, that's a good point to, that you make. He's a rookie. He's only played in four games. So even though he's the quote-unquote preferred starter, Lucas Patrick has absolutely earned the right to be out there. And you want somebody who, in crunch time, when things do ratchet up, like you said, and teams start throwing different stunts and tricks and all that kind of stuff at you, you want a guy who's... Been there before. I mean, Lucas Patrick has had his share of tough games, too, but I think you learned from that. I remember the Carolina game last year in particular he struggled a little bit in. But you listen to him talk, and he's very smart player, very, very wise. The Packers are lucky that they had him. They really are. If you think about it, they don't have Lucas Patrick. Elton Jenkins goes down. Josh Myers is hurt. Paul, who's snapping the ball at this point? It's probably mm-hmm. somebody we don't know right now. I would hope it's not Jake Hansen. Much, much love, as much love as I can give to Jake Hansen, but not what you want. So Lucas Patrick may be, you know, I mean, I don't know what the what the accolade is or the superlative that that you want to give to him. But Packers are very fortunate that they have him, that they, they've had him to be to be there. Now up front, I like the flexibility with having Josh Myers. If, if Lucas Patrick struggles. You could put Myers out there, but like you said, that doesn't necessarily fix much because he doesn't have a lot of experience at the NFL to go off of. And he was dealing with the finger issue, which hopefully he's had a chance to heal now by virtue of him having the knee problem that he had to have. Uh, I believe he had a procedure on and him coming back now. So I like the I like the, the depth. Again, it's depth. 
that's the biggest thing that this Packers team needs and that they that they have not had. And it's good to know that you're not one injury away from disaster anymore. If you've got four of your five preferred out there and you've got, you know, you put Yash back on the bench when Billy Turner comes back and you're able to put John Runyon Jr. back or if you're going to put you're going to send Royce to the bench. You could do a lot worse for depth than guys like that waiting on the sideline, having all this experience this year, ready to come in and do what they need to do. And then when Billy Turner comes back, you also have Dennis Kelly, mm-hmm. who, Paul, real quick, has been a very pleasant surprise for me at right tackle. He's way surpassed what I thought because his injury issues and his inability to get on the field for a stretch this season, I was like, is he even going to make it through this season? But he's actually, in the last couple of weeks, played very well and I think helped save the Packers from any potential disaster on one of the bookends. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he was Tennessee starting right tackle last season and it's one, another one of those signings by Brian Gutekunst, Devondre Campbell, Roswell Douglas, obviously get a lot of the attention and as they should, it's well-deserved, but Dennis Kelly is another one, another late free agent addition over the summer to bolster the offensive line depth. And Yash Nyman, Dennis Kelly, Lucas Patrick, they could all be starting on an offensive line somewhere and be one of the preferred five going into the playoffs. They very well, all three could be coming off of the Packers bench. That's how deep this offensive line unit is. And it's remarkable, honestly, to have this kind of, a lot of teams, maybe most teams, if they had the injuries that the Packers did along the offensive line this year, they would have struggled immensely. Obviously having Aaron Rodgers helps. That's a, that's a given in many of these discussions, But the fact that from week to week, the Green Bay Packers didn't skip a beat or much of a beat, it's a a testament to Gudikins. It's top to bottom. Brian Gudikins, the scouts, uh, finding those players. Gudikins making the free agent additions, the draft picks. Lafleur as the coach. Stenovich, Luke Butkus as the coaches. And, of course, the players as well. But top to bottom, the Green Bay Packers with offensive line is just, they're tremendous. The top three teams behind Green Bay in the playoffs in no particular order. But right now, I believe if we go according to the seedings, the Dallas Cowboys, the Los Angeles Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or those are the top three. Even if I didn't get the order correct, what do we know about all three of those, Paul? They've all got really good pass rushes. Mm-hmm. And the Packers are probably going to face one of those, if not two of those teams on their way to try to get to a Super Bowl. And last year we saw... What can go wrong if the offensive line isn't equipped to handle a really good pass rush? And that's why teams are there deep in the playoffs, because they have really good players at the most key positions. Cornerback, left tackle, pass rush, obviously the the quarterback, and a really good wide receiver. So offensive line getting healthy at the right time. David Bakhtiari, like I've said, the dude's a pro. If there was a chance he was going to play, he's going to be out there. Nobody's worked harder to get back on the field than he has if he's not ready to play. There's a very good reason for it. If he is ready to play, the reason is because he is one of the hardest working dudes out there. It's very, very exciting. You mentioned Devondre Campbell, Paul. He is listed as questionable elbow injury, limited all three days. Uh, Chris Barnes is healthy. This game isn't going to change anything for the Green Bay Packers. We talked about it before we started. I say if there's even an inkling that Devondre Campbell is not feeling 100%, I don't think there's any reason why he needs to be wearing a jersey and pads for this game. Chris Barnes has played plenty well, and I think they can get by without pushing a guy like Devondre Campbell, who they're absolutely going to need during the post. Yeah, I, I mean, I 100% agree with that. And the same to Aaron Jones, who's listed as questionable with a knee injury, especially since 
and we don't know just off the injury report, is it his same knee with the sprained MCL? Because if it is, do not even have Aaron Jones suit up. It's not worth it. If they're on the injury report, and I guess we're – uh, talking out of both sides of our mouths here a little bit because I think we both want to see Bakhtiari out there even though he's on the injury report, but different reasons. Very different reasons. Um, but when it comes to Campbell and Jones, who are both questionable, sit him out. And on that same topic, if I was coach, I would rest the starters. I would. To me, the risk-reward, building momentum, It's it. I don't see the – the value in that. I don't see how a quarter and a half or two quarters of football against the Detroit Lions is going to play a role in how the Green Bay Packers play in the divisional round. Now, I agree with Matt LaFleur 100%. Three weeks is a very long time, and that's what makes this decision you know, difficult. But that's where I stand on the topic, but I also don't feel terribly strongly either. And if there's someone, if there's a coach out there I wrote this in an article this week when I was basically talking about the same topic, the, going through the pros and cons of playing versus not playing. And one of the last points I said was, if there's a coach out there who has his pulse on his team uh, more than Matt LaFleur, and there's not many of them if, that, if those coaches do exist. He knows this team and what they need to do uh, incredibly well. He's in tune with them. He listens to them. And the fact that Rodgers, Devontae Adams, those guys want to play. And if Matt LaFleur, who is someone who's very, very uh, player friendly and conservative when it comes to even practices over the course of the season and making sure that they have the time off that they need during during weeks or practices just to because it's a it's a marathon. It's a marathon. You know, if he's comfortable with it, obviously I am, too. I'm not you know, questioning it in that regard. And that's what he was saying as well. He, it's one of those, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If someone gets hurt, you screwed up. If they lose in the visual round, you screwed up. But if anyone's gained that type or the the trust of the fan base to, you know, believe in what he recommends and what he's going to do, it's absolutely Matt Floor. So even though I say if it was me, and that's definitely more of the conservative nature, to not play the players, that maybe that's what I would do. But if Matt LaFleur is comfortable with it, then I, too, am 100% comfortable as well. So a couple things. The first one is, yes, LaFleur's got his, his finger on the pulse. This is his third shot at winning the NFC. Went to the NFC Championship game two games in a row. He's morphed. He's learned. He's grown. He's developed. He's got the pulse, like you said. I would assume his he understands the magnitude of a third opportunity and it not working out. I don't think he's going to make a decision that's not going to be in the best interest of his team or one that he thinks is going to hurt his team. So right there, to your point, I have to trust in Matt LaFleur. Secondly, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of this team, regardless of what kind of leader you want to call him. He's always talked about his teammates and being there for his teammates. I know some things have happened this season that have called that into question by some. But we've got a 15-year, 16-year history a body of work and a history here that we can look at to say that Aaron Rodgers is, is going to be out there if he can, and he's not going to sit there and watch his teammates play if he can be out there playing with them. And I think there's, I think there's something to be said about that aspect of it too. And and why, and maybe that's the reason why Rodgers wants to play because yeah, he wants his team to be fresh. He wants to be available, but he's looking at, and maybe he's got that long memory and he's looking back at 2011 when they sat out week 17, didn't play in the final game, let Matt Flynn come in and set a Packer record 
with six touchdowns in that final game of the season. Then they had the bye week. I know there were some really tragic things that happened with Coach Joe Philbin and his family that week and his losing his son. But the Packers came out and they, they lost. And even if you don't blame it on that, because there there's a lot of statistics out there, Paul, and there's a lot of numbers that probably show that teams that have the bye week really don't actually perform that poorly. There's this narrative out there that, oh, if you got a bye week, you're going to come out and you're not going to play well. Or a team has lost their last three games coming off of a week off. They're not going to do well if, if they take a week off. Everybody's got to play. Trust in Matt LaFleur, like you said, the, the finger on the pulse. But I think Aaron Rodgers also wants to make the statement of, hey, I'm going to leave this team. I'm going to be out there. If I don't play the whole game, that's fine. But I'm at least going to go through the prep. I'm going to practice. I'm going to suit up. I'm going to come out of the tunnel. I'm going to start the game like I normally do. I'm going to be there with my, be there for my guys. And if I'm wearing a ball cap at the end of the game, I'm going to help them prepare and learn and help finish the game and finish this season as strong as we possibly wanted to. So I think that's a great point that you made. And I think the Packers are in good shape here and, and whatever they decide to do. Like I said, the beauty of it is they have the flexibility. It's week 18. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, and one other uh, point that I made in that article, because, I mean, this is this whole week's been the rest versus rust debate. Uh, if you have home field advantage, if you're coming off a bye week and you can't turn that into an advantage for you, I mean... Are you are you a true Super Bowl contender then? Because those are two huge advantages that are in your favor. So, uh, I think I think that that's a, a a key thing to look at as well. Those are two big advantages, and you need to play with them in your favor as well. But with the starters on the field, one thing that I'll be watching for for however long that is is can they get off to fast starts? Because as we know, that's been an issue for this offense this season and this week. They're going up. You know, in terms of slow starts, they got their get right game because they're going up against the Detroit Lions, who go pick a defensive category. Pick an important one. Pick one that doesn't matter. There's probably a very good chance that the Detroit Lions either rank last or very close to last in that category. So this that's going to be, honestly, the big thing that I'm watching for with this offense. Can they find some success early on? Because in the playoffs, your weaknesses are magnified. And if you get off to a slow start against Tampa, Dallas, the Rams— you know, it's not, they've done a very good job of overcoming those this season, but those weaknesses get magnified at that point, And that could be a reason that you're sent home. And again, it's the Detroit Lions. It's week 18 going out and scoring three touchdowns on three drives. Doesn't mean that the problem's solved or it's fixed, but we want to see building that momentum moving in the right direction in that regard. So that's, that's honestly the biggest thing I'll have my eyes on early on before Jordan Love comes in. Everybody complains when a team 
beats another team that they should beat, and they're like, oh, well, who cares? It was the Detroit Lions. But then if they don't beat the team that they should beat, then it's like, oh, they couldn't even beat the Lions. Mm-hmm. I heard on the Wendy's Big Show this week, they talked about the Troy Aikman comments about how he isn't sure that the Packers are are the favorite in the NFC because they barely beat the Browns, the Ravens, uh, you know, over the past couple of weeks. And I know that he was just opining that there's reasons why every team has a chance. Uh, he, of course, homered on the Cowboys like, like he usually <laughs> does. But there's there's just always out there, you know, oh, you, you beat a team, they weren't very good. Or, oh, you, you didn't beat a team by 30, and it was the Detroit Lions. So here's the thing. If you're a defensive back, I don't care if you're an all-pro or if you're the 53rd guy on the roster, if there's an interception that hits your hands, catch the ball and make the play. If you make the play, you made the play. I don't care if it was easy or not easy. You still have to make the play. We've seen plenty of guys drop interceptions. Look at Will Redmond in last year's NFC Championship game. So I don't really, I don't, I mean, if you can do it and you can get off to a fast start and you can play really well as an offense and you can see that you can do it, even if it's against a team that doesn't rank very well defensively, you still did it. And -hmm. I think it's still worth something. It still builds that confidence. It's like, hey, we got some success here. We got, you know, and this is a game also, Paul, where I think, if you want to tinker with some stuff, not that you want to put too much on film, but if you want to tinker with and try some things, maybe you try doing that. Now it's it's tough it's tough to approach that in the game plan because you're not going to have all of your starters out there. So it's not like you're going to have the guys that are going to be doing it in a playoff game and you don't want to get too cute at the wrong time. But yeah, come out and start fast. And frankly, if you want to win this game and you really want to make sure your starters aren't in harm's way, you build up a really early lead and you pull them out because there's really no reason for them to be out there. You're going to win this game. And the game doesn't mean anything anyway. So I, the Packers, you know, even if they don't win, it doesn't. It, I still think that they will because there's a chance that we haven't even gotten to the Lions side of the ball. Jared Goff, the quarterback for the Lions, he's listed as questionable. He says he wants to play. If he doesn't go, it's Tim Boyle, the Neil master. <laughs> Tim Boyle, Packers Hall of Fame backup. Uh, Andy, Andy Herman, Hall of Fame backup quarterback, Tim Boyle. And that's going to change the complexion of this game a lot. If it does end up being Tim Boyle, which I don't think Vegas quite thinks it is, because I think the latest line was three and a half on this game. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think, think Cam. They're... I think Campbell said he expects uh, Goff to start to start to start and play, which is which is what you want. I mean, you know, it's it's more fun to watch Goff and it's more competitive, and I think it's it, that gives the Packers defense a really a, a much better test going into the end of the season. So you mentioned Aaron Jones; he's listed as questionable. I agree with you. If there's any question, you sit him at all. Jair Alexander did. Practice a little bit on Friday. He's been ruled out. He will not play. So Jair is going to come back. He's going to do it in the playoffs. And the other two, defensive lineman Kingsley Kiki, still out with an illness. Hopefully he can recover and, and get back because that defensive line is, is so much better with him adding some depth there up front. And then tight end Dominique Daphne, ankle injury, limited in all three days. He's listed as questionable. In a game like this, you'd like to think you can get by with Josiah DeGuara and... Mercedes Lewis, uh, but I think Dominique Daphne also plays a lot on special teams, so I don't know if that's going to factor into whether or not he goes. Daphne has spent a lot of time on the injury list, injury report this this year as well, so he's another one where I think the Packers need to be smart and decide what it is that they're going to do. But all in all, Green Bay getting healthy, getting some guys back, which is great to see. On the Detroit side, we talked about Jared Goff. Michael Brockers' defensive end had a neck injury, limited all three days. He's listed as questionable. And the rest of the players, uh, Brock Wright, Josh Reynolds, Jalene Reeves, Mabin, Jonah Jackson, and Jason Cabinda, all listed as questionable. Cabinda's out, and the others listed as questionable. I don't think many of them are preferred starters. 
So then it comes down to the game itself, Paul, and it's the kneecap-biting, Dan Campbell-loving <laughs> Detroit Lions in their final game of the season as they march towards the 2022 NFL Draft against the number one seed of Green Bay Packers who are just trying to escape this game healthy and without any issues or any drama. The other thing to, to consider or to think about, too, is you know, if any of these guys with Detroit end up positive, testing positive, and Green Bay Packers players are around them, running out of real estate for time to recover from COVID. Jair Alexander actually ended up getting activated off of the COVID reserve list, still listed as out for this week. So that's another reason why this buy is so important. Is there's probably going to be some more guys that, that come down with COVID and either have to deal with symptoms or they have to wait out the, the required number of days. So as far as the Lions side, real quickly, Paul, and it, we talked a little before the show, any concerns? I mean, they, they're going to have most of their players there, but I don't really know... What there's what and you have to wonder also with a with a team that's got a chance to pick very high in this next draft, you know what their approach to this week is going to be. I would imagine from what we've heard with Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, they're going to play hard, but you never know. Yeah, like you said about Dan Campbell, if I had to guess, I don't think he gives. I don't think he cares much about the draft right now. The one one of the impressive things that I've thought this season about this Detroit team is even when they were winless, I mean, they only have two wins now from quarter one to quarter four, Dan Campbell has these guys playing hard and green Bay, even when the starters are out there, they need to be, need to be prepared for that because on paper, you know, if green Bay starters were going to go all four quarters, which they're not, this is one where they should roll and in all likelihood they would. But as we've seen over, especially in recent years, Weird things happen at Ford Field, and this is a Detroit Lions team that, yes, they're eliminated. It's been a rough year. They're going to play hard just because they do that under Dan Campbell. So I think in that aspect, from an energy standpoint, it'll be a good test for, for the the Green Bay Packers. And two other uh, names that Matt LeFleur brought up today that aren't on the injury report, Randall Cobb, he said that he will benefit from the extra two weeks that the Green Bay's ha- that the Packers have before their next playoff game. Um, so I think that just that again, reading tea leaves as we like to do, I think that's a good sign for Cobb potentially being back for the divisional round. And then he also mentioned that David Moore, who you know gave us a punt returner <laughs> last week against Minnesota, he's on the reserve COVID list. Uh, he's still there, so Amari Rogers is going to be returning punts this week. But even when the playoffs roll around, given what Moore did last week, and I know it's only one game, but he does have a he does have a much longer track record of success on kick returns and punt returns. I have to imagine he's going to be the guy for Green Bay in the playoffs. He was just this sounds really really simple. He was steady catching the ball. Yes, he had good yes. vision. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, like it sounds really simple, but oh. that's what he did, and he was able. The uh, return a punt for 21 yards. That's a long, believe it or not, that's the longest of the season by a Green Bay Packers player. And like I said, he has and before that game 22 career punt return attempts, five kickoff return attempts. So he has that experience. So I have to, I have to imagine he's going to be the guy once the playoffs roll around. I never thought that I would be able to discern with just my own two eyes the difference between a nice punt return catch <laughs> and a shaky punt return catch but mm-hmm. David Moore was good he was mm-hmm. good and he had one what was his his longest return Paul was like was it 16 yards 21. or was it something like that 21 yards 21 yards over 20 yards 
I mean, the problem with Amari Rogers is that he catches the ball and he starts thinking instead of just yeah. playing football. He start he catches yeah. the ball and he just starts thinking like, what am I going to do? And in that time, he has missed taking four or five steps, which is worth about mm-hmm. three or four yards. Yeah, and that's just. The lights are just very bright for that young man. I don't think there's any any question there's still chance for him to be really a big a good contributor to the Packers. And I could see with a full off season and now that he's been through the NFL rigors one year, he's like, okay, I know what I need to do um, Monday through Saturday now. Because I think that's a big thing that guys learn when they come to the NFL is what do you need to do Monday through Saturday to be that dude on Sunday? Because those guys could just show up on Saturdays in college and play really well because some of the teams they were playing against were – that, you know, the competition level is just, it's, it's nowhere near what it is. Everybody in the NFL is a pro. And so I think that's what Amari Rogers, probably one of, one of the biggest parts of his learning curve is that, but you got to catch the football. And we've all been worried all season long that special teams was going to turn into this disaster. Well, it's, it looks looking like with David Moore back there now and with the field goal kicking unit seemingly doing well. Now there's always a chance that they could slip or there could be a, a little bit of a bump there, but Mason Crosby, Hasn't been all over the place, and the the punt game's been okay. I know Bajorquez shanked shanked one last week, and he's had a couple of rough kicks of late, and it's going to be cold out there and all that kind of stuff too. But this Packers team is primed and ready to go, and they're, you know, fortunately, again, final game that doesn't really mean much. And so close it out, be healthy, go into the week off. We can all enjoy watching Wild Card Weekend, kind of watching everybody destroy each other and see who comes out of it on the other side and who the Green Bay Packers are going to draw for their first playoff game at Lambeau Field, the divisional round at Lambeau Field. So a quick hit prediction, Paul, before we sign off on this one, I'll let you go first. Assuming Jared Goff's going to start and Aaron Rodgers is at least going to play a little bit, who wins this game? Yeah, that whole aspect of it makes it more difficult, doesn't it? So I'll start with the two things I'm watching for. One, I already discussed, offense, can you get off to a fast start? Number two, Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur, let's, the Chiefs game, look, Jordan Love did not play well, but I don't think Matt LaFleur did gave, put him in the best position to succeed either. We'll say that. The Chiefs obviously blitzed the heck out of Love, and any young quarterback is going to struggle with that. But there were these long developing routes. There was not a ton of help along the offensive line with those blitzes. There was a lot of shotgun. I just it was kind of like an Aaron Rodgers game plan for Jordan Love. And leading up to that game, I had, I know I had written an article about it, about how Matt Lafleur's play calling was going to be one of the strengths that helped Jordan Love. And I didn't think it ended up being that way at all. So I want to see that this week. Just get back to the Matt Lafleur offense, where it's scheming players open, quick passes, leaning on the run, motion, play action, under center. You know, just do the stuff that Aaron Rodgers has done especially over the last month when this offense has been really successful, because then that'll give us a, a much more truer test of where Jordan loves at rather than shotgun getting the heck blitzed out of him and all these long developing routes. So that's the other big thing I'll be looking for. I'll take the Packers in this one. I think they're still the more talented team, even though it's at Ford field where, as I said, some weird stuff happens. So I'll go Packers 24, 20. Yeah, a little bit low, a little bit lower scoring, which I think is probably wise too. The Packers have been closer to thirty the last several weeks, but in this game, if, especially if Rodgers is going to play the whole game, I don't know that scoring a bunch of points is really the the high priority here. 
So yeah, I think get out of it healthy. The biggest thing for me is get out of it healthy. And if you need to work anything out or tinker with anything, go ahead and try it. Uh, you know, try running it, try doing it. Just go out there, have fun, be smart about it. Hopefully everybody comes out of it healthy and the Packers can move on to the real goal, which is the postseason. I've got maybe more of like a 21-14 score in my mind. I still think the Packers defense is, Russell Douglas is going to be out there. The defense is going to be playing. They're going to be ball hawking, trying to, trying to create some turnovers. I know Russell wants to try to get a couple more picks. I don't know if any of these guys are coming up against any incentives in their contract. Oh, think about oh, that, right? Preston Smith, he'll want to play all four quarters. So the Packers, he took the pay cut, as we know, but mm-hmm. he can earn a good chunk of it back with sacks. So he's at nine sacks right now. Sack number 10 gets him another 750000 If he could get to 12 sacks, so that's three this week, he mm-hmm. would earn – 1.2 million on top of that 750,000 he could earn at sack number 10. So, Preston Smith, I bet you he wants to play the entire game. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Get after it and make it make it difficult and let's close it out good. Let's beat the Lions and take care of business. Do what we need, we'll do what we should so that none of the national media can say, "Oh, look how badly the Packers played in week 18 against <laughs> right. a terrible Detroit Lions team because if Hub Arkish can say what he did earlier this week, somebody will come out and say that and they will own that and that will be their take on why the Packers are not the favorite going into the playoffs because of how they played in Week 18. All right, before we get out of here, I'm sure we will hear from Matt on the Final Dump Podcast next week on Friday. Paul over at Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV. What do we got to look forward to coming up this week? Yeah, so as usual, it's Saturdays at Dairyland Express. Got my five big questions facing the Packers. Um, Also discussed, as I mentioned, uh, the pros and cons versus playing the guys versus resting them. And then there's actually a deadline Saturday that our friend of the program, Ken Ingalls, um, tweeted out that January 8th, so this Saturday, today, is the last day that NFL teams can extend or restructure contracts on with using the 2021 cap and league year. So we've seen the Green Bay Packers do this in the past. In 2017, they extended both Devontae Adams and Corey Lindsley. In 2019, I don't think it was right at the deadline, but they extended Lucas Patrick. At that time. So we've seen them do it a few times in the past. If I was betting, I don't think they're going to do anything this time around. But I have an article about that. So just something to keep your keep your eyes on. And then at Cheesehead TV, secondary has been really good this year. Uh, one of, if not my biggest concern entering the year, was the depth of the cornerback position. And there's a number of reasons why they've played well. But I highlighted Jerry Gray. Because it's not a coincidence that in his two years here, Jair Alexander's had a career year. Adrian Amos has been playing his best football. Razul Douglas, Eric Stokes, Shannon Sullivan. I mean, Kevin King, he had a terrific three-game stretch this year against Cincy, Seattle, and Kansas City. So it's not coincidences. It has to do with Jerry Gray as well, so I wrote an article just highlighting highlighting his impact. Jerry Gray, very good friend of, of Paul Allen, also known as <laughs> at PA on the mic of the Minnesota Vikings. So the non-playoff found Minnesota Vikings, I might add. So good stuff, Paul. Well, excellent, excellent show. Everybody enjoy the final regular season game of the 2021 season. It's another another great season for your Saturday crew. And we'll, of course, be back as the playoffs move along. We do this every single day, and our crew is around every single week. So we will be back next week for sure. In the meantime, everybody enjoy Packers-Lions on Sunday. We're getting ready for the playoffs. Wherever you're at, Stay warm. As always, stay safe and go pack go.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com